There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hello, this is Chris Cooper and a big, big welcome to the Business Elevation Show. Uh, wonderful to be talking today about adventure. Uh, which uh, I think you'll find a fascinating conversation. We're going to talk about being an adventureholic and and what that could mean for you about bringing more adventure into your life. Uh, now, um, I've had just had a couple of weeks so uh, of holiday, uh, which uh, I really I really needed. I think one or two of you may know about uh, sort of my adventures this year and uh, my first break, proper break for a year. So I went down to Cornwall on the south coast of England and had a had an adventure down there which was which was brilliant lots of uh swimming in the sea and fishing and uh and some surfing and things like that which was just uh amazing and managed to miss the the really really hot and extreme weather that we've had in the uk still hot but it wasn't um it wasn't uh, a brown wasteland as my home is now now i've got back uh, up into leicestershire um but during the uh, last few weeks while i've been off i think we um we had a show a few weeks ago with jane handsome uh, Jane um, was was an amazing conversation really with Jane. I had lots of really positive feedback about her life story and uh, how we talked about her life in relation to the concept of Ikigai, uh, the Japanese philosophy. Have a look at Ikigai. I think it's a model that we should all understand about uh, having our life in balance, doing work that we love, that we're talented at, that contributes to the world and that we can get paid for. And you combine all those together and uh, you find yourself in this place where life is working really, really well for you. So have a listen to that. Then there was Mark Levy, and uh, he talked about how to be relevant. Um, Mark, I, I love Mark. Mark's uh, an incredible guy, uh, created uh, the uh, number one show in New York on TripAdvisor, a ma magic show. Um, but he's one of the world's top sort of strategy and positioning experts. And we talked about how to be re relevant. And then last week or two, we repeated a show or two. But the next few weeks, I can promise you, um, weeks now of live shows uh, and no repeats coming up. So do check in. Next week, Lisa Earl McLeod, who is, uh, uh, has written those books you've probably um, all heard of around uh, around noble purpose and selling with noble purpose and leading with noble purpose. And if you've heard the word noble purpose, um, that word um, comes from Lisa Earl McLeod, and she's fantastic. So do join us uh, next week for that. So let's talk about today's guest. Um, I'm delighted today. We've got Neil Lawton. Uh, Neil's been on the show before. Um, Neil and I have become over the years very good friends. So it's wonderful when you get to know people well and you you develop a you know a long friendship. And uh, it was just time that we brought Neil back because Neil's life is one that is just full of adventure. I mean, I've not met anybody who's led more than seventy five expeditions. I don't know about you, um, but Neil really brings this co concept of adventure into his life, the, his, his own life and his family's life, but also all of those that he, he comes and connects with. Uh, uh, once upon a time, uh, Neil invited myself and family to his home. And you know what I really took away from that was he made every moment for us an adventure. And just the simple things that we can do in life 
to make the weekend, make the day just more interesting and, and more fun um, and exciting. So we'll talk about some of the amazing things Neil's have done, but we'll also talk about actually what could this mean for us, for us souls who are not going to go and, uh, uh, you know, climb uh, Everest naked or something like that. Um, we, um, you know, we, we've got more um, lives which um, which don't enable us or, or it's beyond what we, we our comfort zone uh, doing something really, really, really extreme. Because Neil's a former Royal Marine Commando, a helicopter pilot, a special forces officer, is an award-winning entrepreneur, founding director of a of a, a construction group that he sold to a FTSE 100. He founded the Penny Farthing Club, so he loves riding penny farthings. We'll find out more about those, and some of you might want to know what they are. And floating developments, which is a new concept in luxury floating homes. Um, he's a lifelong adventurer. I mentioned he's uh, led more than 65 expeditions on over seven continents. Got multiple world records. Uh, some of them are really quite um, quite fun, uh, too. Um, he summited Mount Everest with his friend Bear Grylls. He's put in nav circumnavigated um, the mainland Britain Island on a jet ski. He piloted the world's first uh, road legal flying car on a 10,000 kilometer journey from London to Timbuktu, including traversing the Sahara Desert. Uh, Neil Lawton, great to be back on the show. Hey, Chris, good to, uh, to hear from you. And thanks for inviting me back. You're very welcome. Gosh, it's been a few years now. I think we've done a few interviews since, but not on this show, have we? Been. Uh, I think no, it's five, exactly. five or six years now. See, I've seen you quite recently, but um, no, formally on the Voice of America. No, it's great to be back. Yeah, it's great to great to have you as well. And now I, I could ask you what you've been up to since we last spoke, but I think that would take up the whole interview because I know <laughs> some of the things you've been doing. But you know, maybe give us a little bit of a flavour. You know, over the last maybe um, twelve months, or some some of the kind of standout things that have uh, happened to you. Oh, well, sure. I'll do my best. I'm not very good at looking backwards. Um, I'm better sort of looking in the in the present and looking forwards, but I'll do my best. So um, let's 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 do six months is probably, uh, as you say, we take uh, sort of less time. Yeah. Um, beginning of the year, we, we formally launched um, this floating developments uh, business, which was really exciting because um, a good friend of mine, Jamie Scrimger, and I have been fr friends for 20 years. But we finally come together, formed a partnership, and um, we're trying to bring the concept of floating homes, luxury floating homes to the British market and then hopefully elsewhere around the world. Who knows? So uh, look out for that. Um, we've also looked at the possibility of inventing something that will harness tidal energy, especially with what's going on uh, in the geopolitical world at the moment. Um, and, uh, you know, resources for energy being slightly questionable. I think this is a timely intervention to try and harness uh, tidal energy. And we've got an idea that might work. And then, um, uh, as you mentioned in your introduction, Penny Farthing Club has been really pretty busy in this time of year. This is the season of Penny Farthing action. I'm sure we'll talk about that <laughs> later. And then, um, you know, my favourite topic, uh, being adventurous. I've been doing a bit of that in the six, last six months as well. So it started with a a uh, trip to um, Siberia in Russia, uh, incidentally coinciding with the uh, the first week of the invasion uh, war in Ukraine, uh, which caused some issues. And then I was compelled to uh, to head to Poland and then uh, do some help um, with a mutual friend, as you know, uh, in Ukraine for for a week or so. And then um, a big trip that I've been planning for two or three years uh, came up in June, which was to 
uh, did a paddleboarding expedition down a tributary of the Amazon River in Peru, um, which was fantastic. Um, took my family for a holiday to the Dominican Republic last month, and I've literally last week came back from a, a working trip um, on an expedition cruise ship uh, to Svalbard, which is north of uh, Norway, above the Arctic Circle. Mm. So a bit of variety for you there, Chris. My word, Neil. I mean, I just just one thing that comes to mind with you, and I've maybe not asked you this before, but how do you fit it all in? Um, how, you know, have you got a different concept to the rest of us of time and space? I mean, <laughs> well, no, because um, your life's really busy, and you've also got a leadership development company as well. Yeah, I haven't been doing much of that, to be honest. Not much time, but um, uh, I think the first thing to say is that I, I don't have a nine to five job, so every day is different. Uh, I get to prioritize, quite good at prioritizing. Uh, dealing with things at the appropriate moment and, and, you know, concentrating, focusing really hard for a period of time to get whatever needs it, that is needed done in the time frame. And then um, just having that sort of mindset of, of can do rather than can't do uh, and being generally quite organised. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and some of those expeditions you need to be, don't you? I think so. But also, um, you know, it's just these expeditions, they take, you know, up to two years to plan. So you've got plenty of time, evenings and weekends and whatever, whatever spare time you've got to, you know, start putting uh, logistics plans in place and so forth. Yeah. 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 And, and I mean, we're going to talk about the book a bit later, but is, is this um, is this life that you lead with all of this adventure in it? Is, is this... um. Is this an addiction? <laughs> what is it? Well, funnily enough, I, I did um, register, trademark the word adventure holic a couple of months ago with a with an eye to thinking about what my the title for my kind of autobiographical adventure book might be. Um, it's not guaranteed that it will be called that, but I just thought it would be a good caveat to, to have that in the bag. And it, it resonated with me because obviously... The uh, everyone knows and has heard of, uh, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous and uh, and so forth. And I just thought, you know, uh, adventure holic kind of summed me up slightly. Yeah, <laughs> I think um, I think it's a good title, Neil. It's a good title for your book. It seems very, very, very relevant because um, a, a lot of people, you know, the kind of things you do, you know, it's um, maybe a, a once in a lifetime trip or something they uh you know, they spend a few years kind of planning to do to do something different. But for you, it's very much your your life and your 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 way of being, really, and the the frequency of your adventures. Yeah, no, I think um, I think that's right, and that you know, the, there are reasons for me wanting to keep going even at my grand age. Um, you know, it, it gives me the spice for for getting up in the mornings. It gives me focus and motivation, and of course, an awful lot of uh, excitement, challenge, and uh, good, you know, building great relationships. When you do these things, you you make fantastic, um, uh, solid friendships. Um, you know, when you paddleboard down the Amazon, uh, tributary of the Amazon, you can't but help but make great um, friends with with these people. Assuming you get on, of course. Yeah. Um, and, and that makes for you know a wonderful, fun, challenging life. Yeah, and I and I guess you know the, these adventurous things that you do and. When I've done something more, more adventurous and it's in, involved a bit of pain or you know a bit of challenge, 
um, you actually in those moments when you are pushing yourself and you're doing something different, you do feel truly alive. You, you, you get into touch with, I don't know, somehow you get into touch with something. I don't know. It's uh, primordial or I don't know what it is, but you, you, uh, you know, you truly feel what it's like to be a human being. You're not kind of, you know, all there wrapped up in cotton wool in a, in a comfortable home. Yeah, I think we can all get um, distracted and, and a little bit lazy at times. You know, we, we clearly we humans, we need um, rest and recuperation. But by and large, you know, I see, you know, some, some of my children at, at teenage years, you know, the amount of hours they're spending on a sofa and in, in bed is extraordinary. But um, apart from that, you know, we can get a little bit sidetracked. You know, we don't um, we lose motivation to, to get out and, and exercise or get you know, walk the dog if you haven't got a dog. Um, do you know what I mean? I think, you know, it's important just to have things that are good for you uh, as, a, as a human being. I think the scientist skydive, you know, the, the, the thing that excites you is the endorphins. Uh, I don't really know what that, that is. I'm no, uh, you know, medical person, but um, the, the excitement of the moment and then, of course, you get the benefit of, of doing something that you perhaps thought would be challenging and then the uh, the benefits of, of you know the, the when, when you've done something extraordinary just reflecting back and having wonderful memories that's also really yeah. beneficial I think now I, uh, a few weeks ago we the last time we met uh, you you were dressed up in top hat and tails you were with your penny farthing uh, and you actually by completely not a coincidence because we live um I don't know what we live, maybe 150 miles or so away from each other. Maybe uh, you uh, you were uh, doing a, a at a festival, a heritage fest festival in my next village, and um, you know, I remember introducing you uh, with pouring rain, which uh, unfortunately led to some of the audience sort of scattering as you're about to share this amazing story about penny farthings. But what is it about penny farthings that uh, so so fascinates you? Uh, yeah, no, it was a it was a fun um, fun day or weekend, wasn't it? And yeah. um, you know, great to great to see you in your your local uh, village hometown festival. Um, yeah, uh, bad luck about the weather anyway. <laughs> but um, the thing about penny farthings for me, I mean, it started about ten years ago. Um, I used to play bicycle polo in my youth, and um, you know, it's, it's sort of replaced rugby. And and then um, I grew a bit too old for doing that. And I thought one day, I wonder if you could play um, polo on penny farthings. And so I imported some. And that was the, the catalyst for starting the penny farthing club and having the curiosity of, you know, wondering whether I could actually ride the thing. And then, of course, the challenge of, you know, setting up and organising international penny farthing polo matches and so um, I taught myself I bought some bikes uh, made up some rules and then invited my uh, friends and so forth to uh, come and learn and practice with me and now 10 years later we host uh, you know England v Scotland international penny farthing mm -hmm. polo matches um, mm -hmm. as part of our activities within the penny farthing club a sort of growing community of, of fellow interests uh, you know who rather like riding these large old style victorian yeah. bicycles and i think to answer your question you know for me they're just they're a bit different they're rather eccentric especially for the 21st century 
um they're fun to they're fun to ride and um and some great opportunities are coming i mean just give you two examples yesterday i was um we've got this great um athletics uh competition going on called the commonwealth games and there was a uh, a road race time trial thing with the you know the latest 6.5 kilogram bicycles and i was just invited by commonwealth games committee to just come and entertain the crowd on my penny <laughs> farthing just yesterday um so i was up you know birmingham uh riding around meeting the mayoress of birmingham and um or wolverhampton rather uh the, the local mp and then entertaining kids and uh, and fellow biking enthusiasts on my penny farthing giving them a little taster of the of the thing and and um having it having a fun day out and being paid for it thanks very much and then tomorrow i'm heading up to london to do a film shoot with the new gb news one of the the uh, newscasters wants to learn so all being recorded paid for you know so you're doing these fun stuff and getting paid for it why brilliant. not absolutely brilliant and there's something about them which just really is, is unusual isn't it for people to see they don't expect to see a penny farthing going down the street you know huge front wheel little small back wheel no, no brakes that really it are is they... extraordinary uh, and it's... even in london you know one of the busiest cities in the world like new york and so forth um even the uh, the taxi drivers the you know the black cab drivers who as you will know have seen everything mm. right I've even spotted them stopping their cab in the street, uh, taking a picture or a video <laughs> as I ride past. I mean, it is extraordinary how it's it's just so, just so eye catching. Quite iconic sort of footage now of you going down past the down the mall, past the uh, home of the of the royal family um, on the on the penny farthings. I know it's been in the newspapers, etc. Um, yeah, no, we did. Um, um, I organised a, a sort of a club event. We we did um, Her Majesty's seventieth um, celebrations, you know, the Jubilee celebrations. So I was actually uh, on that Amazon trip and in, uh, in 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 Peru at the time, but we did it a few, you know, a few weeks before and did a, a parade ride down the Mall and to Buckingham Palace to um, to honour Her Majesty. Fantastic, fantastic. Well. You certainly, um, you certainly always inspire me to be a little bit more adventurous and uh, maybe during the break, we're going to go to commercial break now, perhaps have a, a little think about, you know, is this, are there some some things that you could do? Could you create that you could creatively have a think about that would just be a little bit different and, and add some extra colour and fun and uh, amusement to your life to uh, take away any gloom that you might feel in these rather austere and uh, and challenging times uh, globally so have a little think about that over the break and we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. 
Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Neil Lawton. We're talking about um, uh, bringing adventure into your life. Uh, before the break, I'm sure you got a real flavor of, of some of the many things that uh, Neil has been involved in. We really, believe me, we've just kind of scratched the surface there. Um, but Neil, you've got your biography, Adventureholic. It's going to come out in 2023. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where you can get my name in somewhere. <laughs> I'll do my best, Chris. <laughs> um, uh, but why was it so important for you to personally write it? And uh, and how do you think it's going to help others, you know, to maybe view adventure in a different way yeah i mean i don't know i thought um i was just going to record all my fun adventures and uh, and and write it for the benefit of my three kids who are growing older and you know they're now teenagers and before i know it they'll be uh, leaving home and and uh, i i'm sure they have no clue what dad does um, or did and always doing so um i just thought i'd leave a in case i you know fall, fall over or get run under a bus um they'd have something to read uh you know to find out what their dad did um and then i kind of thought spoke to a few friends and they said well why didn't you you know write it for the benefit of others as well uh, this would be the sort of conversations we're having now and and, and actually i do believe that you know, putting more adventure in your in your life is important. And, um, you know, so with all the variety, I think, you know, if, if I was just a, uh, a solid mountaineer, for example, I probably uh, wouldn't have enough stories to, to fill a book. So, but um, with, with the variety of trips I've done all around the world, you know, uh, all these expeditions uh, uh, on, you know, by land, sea and air, I think there's enough variety there to keep people from falling asleep. And, um, you know, <laughs> maybe just give them a, a clue as to you know how they came about um how you sponsored them how do you how do you put a, an expedition like that uh or, or these things together um how does it work logistically what support do you need um and you know how, how to survive some of the more dangerous uh elements of these expeditions with you know and um live to tell the tale 
Mm. I think that's the reason why I'm I'm going to be doing it. I haven't quite finished writing it yet. There's one more expedition to do uh, for the last chapter, and I think we'll be uh, ready to sort of do a final draft. Well, I think it'd be such a shame, wouldn't it, to you know for, for to not record your life in some way and and uh, and all of these uh, amazing things you've you've uh, done over the years to to not have some kind of record behind and you write for the family it becomes a really important part of the family history as well as inspiring others um and you know there's some messages in there you, you you've a lot of these expeditions you've done you know there have been some money to fund them but you've also raised substantial funds for for charities and good causes too yeah no absolutely that's one of the the you know big reasons why i keep um doing these things secondary purpose of course but um being able to highlight and and, and raise um you know awareness and, and funds for some well-known charities as well as some less less well-known charities is is really rewarding um you know the the, the next one um we uh, we're going to to do is is a bit different it's it's uh, we're, we're shipping in some solar panels to light the classrooms of a, a school in nepal ah. but ah. generally speaking it's just raising money for, for for good causes and charities that that are close to uh, either my heart or um more importantly the hearts of the people i take with me on these adventures so the Amazon trip, I took 15, um, 15 friends and, and some clients and, and so forth. And um, between, the, not everybody raised money, but about half of them, you know, chose to use the opportunity of an adventurous trip to the Amazon jungle um, and paddleboarding down a tributary of the Amazon to raise funds in their networks. And we raised 20,000 quid. Fantastic. Fantastic. And had some fun along the way too, I would imagine for sure so how do you develop the vision around you know what you're going to do and how do you make a decision well, on, I think on where, where to focus your attention really yeah for me it's very easy i mean i've i've I sort of alluded to the fact that um uh, i i'd like to i like variety so i mean if you can't think of something to do adventurous uh, on any of the seven continents by land sea and air you're probably a very uh, be described as a very dull person. So <laughs> I don't think um, I don't think you know coming up with an idea to to that's of interest to me or you uh, is should be that difficult. Um, what I try and do is put a little spin on it. So you might, for example, uh, think about um, doing something that's local to you. And uh, I don't know. I'll give you an example. So I've got a good friend, Tom Clues. Uh, who who rides and is very good um, unicyclist, you know, one wheeled thing, which yeah. I, I'm still learning to do. It's highly highly difficult um, uh, riding riding a unicycle. <laughs> I can tell you, a penny farthing is far easier. You can learn to ride a penny farthing in about five minutes, but I've tried for a, at least four hours to learn a, uh, a unicycle. And um, you know, ordinarily, I put money on me doing it, but uh, still haven't quite mastered it. It's tricky. So anyway, um, to answer your question. Um, I thought it'd be fun to do something with my friend Tom, unicyclist. What what can we do? And uh, I sort of tooled around a little bit, thinking, you know, what can be done in a couple of days? Haven't got much time to spare. Blah blah blah. Uh, something that's not going to cost too much money. Um, and near me in Sussex is the South Downs Way. People will in the UK will have heard of it. It's a national park, and it's a hundred mile off road. Um, 
over the over the South Downs way, you know, uh, sort of hill hill territory. And um, you know, I've walked it, I've run, I've run it over the years. But has anyone ever cycled a unicycle and or a penny farthing across it a hundred miles wow. in two or three days? No. Yeah, and so we took the, took it upon ourselves to organize that. We picked the days. We set off in a torrential, miserable weather, but we got through that. And then the second day, third day, were, were, were good fun. And, um, you know, about a year and a half later, um, somebody called me up. They, they surfed the, the Internet, found the South Downs National Park website and um, blow me down. They've only registered us, our three wheeled challenge, as we called it. Uh, as a, as the seven, seventh most interesting thing anyone's done on the South Downs. <laughs> so um, in terms of a vision, it, it really isn't that difficult. You just got to pick uh, something that, that that's attractive to you, that's uh, doable and within your within your means, talent and uh, you know finances. I'm quite intrigued. I'm quite intrigued if that was on number seven. What was number one? Well, you'll have to find out. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Probably somebody ballooning naked, or maybe. maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's a good example that we knew about. You know, doing something that people haven't done before because uh, that's uh, uh, you know you've done things like <laughs> you've you've uh, you've kind of raced pizzas, haven't you, on the sea and paddled and paddled in bathtubs and things like that um, yeah it's, yeah it's... no that, that was the uh, the ice bath challenge trying to um, paddle across the solent in a bath made of ice <laughs> oh no <laughs> which, which um was a disaster and another disaster recalls to mind we tried we entered a charity event um paddle around the pier in brighton and i uh, i built um the the world's largest pizza it's 10 foot diameter pizza and um that didn't make it either <laughs> They're not all uh, terribly successful uh, adventure challenges, to be fair. Yeah, presumably, you, had, you hadn't. It wasn't because you were eating it as well. You were paddling it. No, it was made of wood and and, and uh, vinyl. Actually, it, it was a it was a picture of a of a pizza, ten foot diameter pizza on a on a, a raft construct construction piece. <laughs> I like it. Like it. So tell, tell us a bit about tell us a bit about this Russia and Siberian trip and you know how that led you to doing some frontline support as well in, in Poland and the Ukraine in the relationship there what, what you know what was some um, what were you doing in Russia and what was it like Good question. Uh, Let, let's hope uh, Putin's not listening in um yeah. you know, uh, two years ago or so I was um you know one, one of many trips I'm planning concurrently was a was a, a mission to uh, Siberia um never really been to middle of Siberia and um, being a bit of a geographer I discovered that uh, Lake Baikal in Siberia uh, within the Russian uh, Empire is the world's largest freshwater lake in the world and in winter it freezes over with um, some incredible sort of ice crystal formations and uh, you know meter thick uh, ice across this huge lake and uh, I just thought it'd be fun to a, go and visit uh, Russia and Siberia uh, and B, to see if it'd be possible to uh, trek, walk across um, the lake and back. And um, I picked a, a, a team of three friends and um, sorted out the logistics and literally 
Um, we flew on the second day of the invasion. How how much bad luck is that? Mm. Gosh, he flew then, home um, through there. Yeah, we flew to Moscow and then on on from from Moscow to wow. um, a place called Kursk, and mm. then deployed to the edge of the lake from there. And it was like a, a week's ten day trip. Um, really, really good fun and challenging. Pretty cold, um, and just a you know an, another great experience um, with three great friends. And um, of course, we had a bit of a nightmare getting back home again. Um, the return flights, of course, uh, from um, British Airways and then Lufthansa were, were all cancelled. We had a bit of a drama getting uh, getting home, had to go via Dubai at 10 times the cost. And of oh. course, uh, no insurance, uh, or rather the insurance refused to pay out. But there we are. Um, that's another argument. The, um, you know, it, it was interesting, the, you know, the reaction of normal Russians within uh, the Russian Federation as to what was going on. My, my take was that, generally speaking, they didn't really know the truth, whereas we were getting at the time, first week of the invasion, um, pretty much you know, the, the normal sort of Western, honest, relatively honest feed. Um, and they were just simply, you know, local Russians were, were you know, either ignoring it or just saying, oh, it's, it's nothing much. Um, but they were essentially going slightly nationalistic on us and just supporting Putin, sadly. But there we are. Um, I We did eventually get back home and literally I was compelled. Um, I discovered that our mutual friend David Fox Pitt had uh, taken a, a pizza van out to the Polish border with Ukraine, um, a place called Medica. And I simply um, recruited half of my Russia Siberia team and a couple of others um, and we flew out to to join David for a week and um, just helped serve hot soup uh, it was this was now sort of second week in March third week in March something like that and then um, you know found a way to to help um, Ukraine citizens by you know serving soup during the day and then crossing the border with a shopping load of of uh, shopping trolleys worth of goods and medical kit um, late at night and then coming back early morning uh, having a few hours kip and then serving soup again doing our bit very humbling i'd imagine it was yeah and you know the the the, the thing that i i took away was just the the sense of um not only shock obviously from the you know the women mostly coming across with their with their young children across our the border there but but, but the stoic nature of their um, their response and you know of the thousands of, of families I, I i witnessed in the week 10 days we were there um i only saw i think two people crying such was the strength of character extraordinary okay so i'm um how do you deal so I, I remember you, you had this situation there when you had to go via Dubai to get home um, from from Russia. I remember you being out on a speaking on cruise ships and the pandemic was announced and it was a there's a question mark about you you getting home and how do you how do you deal with those situations? I, I remember a few years ago being stuck in Turkey for a few days before Christmas when the fog came down and was I going to get back in time to be with the family at Christmas and uh, feeling a bit anxious and how, how do you deal in those moments when 
there are there are challenges that um, you know feel potentially quite difficult to overcome because you're not fully in control. Yeah, um, I mean, it's the the shock of um, you know the situation sometimes is is quite um, you know palatable. Um, it's not always comfortable. It's not it's not always um, feasible to keep you know. It can be really annoying and frightening and so forth. And, you know, I don't think it's possible necessarily to mask all of those human um, emotions. So I think the first thing I would say is that, you know, you, one has to kind of uh, have an open mind and em embrace change. And over time, you know, if we can expose ourselves to issues, problems, difficulties, bumps in the road, the odd failure here and there, it, it builds up that sort of uh, that resilience that, that that's so essential to you know, navigate our way through life's adventures. And, um, you know, I, I think just being as relaxed as possible, um, you know, asking the sort of personal questions like what's the worst that can happen yeah. can help or, you know, it could be a lot worse, for example. Um, yeah. So I think just embracing change and, and the unexpected um, is, is, a, is a good thing. You know, an example would be probably um, on the, my recent, you know, tributary, paddleboarding tributary down the Amazon. Um, totally unexpectedly, you know, I'd done two years of planning. Um, obviously not particularly good planning, but um, when, I, when I got there, I discovered that the Amazon basin is completely flooded. There's no such thing like in, in the UK where you have a, a, a meandering river and then a solid river bank on either side, where I was imagining we were going to be just you know, at the end of, end of a day's paddleboarding. We'd, we'd pick any spot we wanted, you know, that looked nice with trees and this, that, and the other, and um, sling our hammocks and then light a little fire and cook our supper. Well, six months of the year, I discovered that the Amazon we were right at the end of the, the season, uh, is completely flooded. So those trees are like 10 foot underwater. So there's no solid land. So, you know, it was a major, major surprise to me that, <laughs> you know, we, we had nowhere really to sling our hammocks. So um, we had to, we had to sort of think on our feet and, uh, you know, perhaps change the plan a little bit to, um, to work out how we were going to, how we we're going to survive and put, put up tents up and uh, hammocks up and stuff like that so what do you do put them in up in pine trees i mean how did you oh well, yeah absolutely and we, sometimes we had to when we found a little bit of um a hump hump on, on of land you know we'd have to finish paddle boarding early because we couldn't be guaranteed to uh you know to to go on and find a, a, a more suitable place there are there are sections where the you know the riverbank is is higher than the flood zone um, but on other occasions, we'd have to paddle two, three hours more than we would would have wanted to in order to find somewhere. Wow. So over time, I think the point is over time, uh, you know, you, you, you become a, a little, you know, less um, resistant to, to problems and difficulties and, and just accept it, embrace change and the unexpected and, and almost use it to your advantage that uh it, it, it's quite fun not to have everything prescriptive and everything you know going exactly to uh to plan yeah when life is not like that is it no it's it's not is it it's um i, I remember the I, I i've been in that environment myself in the amazon and the thing the thing too is you oh, yeah. uh 
you sh you shine a not paddle boarding, but you shine a you shine a torch on the on the water, and you see you see eyes, don't you? <laughs> and you have oh, yeah. spiders, and you've. Uh... Yeah, I mean, for me, that was I hate spiders and snakes, and um, <laughs> you know that, that was the main reason why I left it so late in the day to uh, to go and visit the Amazon. I mean, I hate all those things, creepy crawlies, and yeah. um, but just. Um, it, honestly it's the most extraordinary place and um of course the locals we had um you know local guides with us which i'd um pre-organized and they're just amazing um, one one night we went for um uh, we had a safety boat we all leapt in the safety boat to go and do a a, a night animal uh spotting mission and um we were going into this sort of alligator swamp and um you know everyone's in this you know solid wooden boat with our head torches on looking for alligators and so forth and the next thing we know um our guide dives in swims into this swampy area of leaves and bushes and you know floating uh, sort of lettuce leaves on the on the surface and there's a almighty tussle in the water and next minute he's leaping back on board the our support boat with a four foot alligator <laughs> i mean it was a baby okay but you know come on where there's a baby there's going to be a mother <laughs> with sharp teeth <laughs> oh, just you know and, and digging out a tarantula spider and handing that round just one day i mean just but for me and i'm sure many of your listeners uh, horrific but actually when you come to think of it pretty special experience um, fantastic those the things sort of things you remember there's a quote that uh, springs to mind about uh, I think maybe summarize a little bit about what you were talking about and that I, that I love, which is grant me the grace to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Um, I think yes, wonderful. Who, who wrote that? I remember. Um, I cannot um, cannot remember. I have to Google it in the break. <laughs> yes. It's a good it's a good one. It was a good quote. I've heard it before, yeah. yeah. We're gonna go to commercial break now. So after the break, we'll be we'll be back again and uh, we'll have a look at things like teamwork and uh, we'll have a look at um, actually I want to we want to share Neil's next adventure because that's quite exciting have a think about how you can maybe also just bring bring some more adventure into your life whatever that may be even in small ways it doesn't have to be huge ways huge life-changing ways but uh, just to make every day that bit more special because it is special being alive and we need to you know, I know as I'm getting a little bit older, I need to use my time wisely and enjoy every moment of it. So join you again in just a couple of minutes after the break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one -one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. 
the bottom line in business talk. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Neil Lawton. We're talking about about adventure and bringing more of that into your into your life. And we've been kind of talking about that sort of you know personally, but I'm also thinking actually this concept of adventure is really important to take back into corporations and make you know business more life more more fun. And of course, with Neil's adventures, he might be the, the mastermind behind some of them. Not maybe not all of them, um, but teamwork's got to be a big thing, hasn't it? So. You know how how essential has teamwork been to your expeditions, Neil? And uh, you know what what messages can we take back about it uh, back into maybe the corporate world? Yeah, no 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 big life uh, changing quotes, I'm afraid. But um, I mean, teamwork is is hugely important, um, not just for your adventures and expeditions in life, but just the same in in business. It's about um, being able to collaborate with with other other people some of whom you may not be totally aligned with in terms of your values, but it's important that you work together with, with, with a shared um, goal or, or vision. And, um, you know, particularly if um, that's a scenario where you're being paid to do it and that's your day job, um, pays the mortgage, it's important to get on with others. Uh, pretty much, I'm, I was thinking just there as you were introducing it, I, I don't think there's anything I've done in my life that's been done pretty much solo. And so teamwork has to be one of the most important things for personal and professional success, um, certainly in my life. Um, and you've just got to find a way to be, uh, you know, nice and uh, get on with people, communicate properly and effectively, um, try and, you know, have that empathy and, and see other people's perspectives um, and, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an ever-evolving piece, isn't it, uh, of, of life's jigsaw puzzle. Um, all the people that we meet um, in, in work and in our personal lives, somehow we've got to find a way to, um, to make it work in a harmonious relationship. Not always easy, but, uh, you know, I think I agree with you that it's vitally important. And, and you, can, you can do some of these sort of, special adventurous things in a company and bring help energize and bring them to life. I remember doing my first marathon many years ago with uh, a group of us when I worked for Mars, a confectionery firm. Uh, and it was an amaz amazing team building experience really to do that together. Um, so you yeah, do quite a lot I mean, of that, don't you, with, with companies? Yes, we do. And um, the, the latest trend is just simply to, 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 to give, um, teams who you know in the last two years have mostly been meeting 
online on their computers, just an opportunity to to have a human interaction. You know, I was at a doing a keynote speech last week, and um, there, there was ninety people in the room, and half of them hadn't met any of the others. I.e., the company had grown over the last two years in lockdown. They were something like 40, 40 people, and they were now ninety. And um, those those people hadn't met each other, and it was the first time that anyone was actually meeting people in the flesh, and they, you know, working for the same uh, same company. It's weird, and um. You know, I just, you know, my uh, Norton and Co business is just simply, I suppose it's, it's translating into a, a, you know, facility where we're bringing, inviting people just to share those, you know, real human uh, interactions, um, having a bit of fun, just communicating, doing a few challenges, maybe um, the latest trend is just coming to um, coming to the South Downs and spending a, a day or a night or both. Uh, in a wood around a campfire and having a couple of drinks, doing a few um, foraging exercises, talking about, uh, you know, life and business and just interacting with your fellow employees and staff members, you know. Um, sounds great. I'm just going to answer your question. The the quote I, I mentioned, I seem to have got it fairly, fairly right, except the first word was God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and wisdom to know the difference it's called the serenity prayer and it was oh. written by an american theologian called reinhold nuber um but i i heard i heard of that so i'm listening to an interview with uh, with the rock guitarist from queen brian may who who said he'd had memorized that and it was uh help, you know helped him deal with the ups and downs and challenges um you know keeping that quote close to his chest so i, I think I, I wrote it down at the time um, yeah, no, well done. I wouldn't have got that. I I seem to remember it might have been um, somebody more well known who copied it. So um, yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, good, good, good one. So tell us about your. We've got a few minutes left. Only mm. six till this ends. So completely ends. So tell us about your your next adventure in October because it's uh, it's another interesting first, isn't it? Well, this one is um, it was. I, I don't know. I can't actually remember how it came about, but um, as you know, uh, with penny farthings and so forth, uh, I, I'm a you know keen cyclist. And um, over the last sort of I don't know four or five years, probably more encouraged by my my kids uh, who love reading the Guinness World Record book every year, yeah. and um, I sort of got into the swing of looking up the latest sort of um, you know reading reading with them at night. Uh, the you know one or two pages of the the annual of the Guinness World Records book and being slightly inspired as to, you know, um, thinking about a, a Guinness World Record. And um, we picked a few like the um, uh, the highest black tie dinner party on, on Everest a few years ago and uh, raised quite a lot of money for uh, some local charities for that. And then um, I got involved with some uh, some dangerous penny farthing riding Guinness World Records. Um, and then off the back of that, I think it came up with um, what's the highest bicycle ride that anyone has ever done. And two Germans back in 2009 went to uh, a mountain in China called Mustak Aka. And it's quite a high peak. They didn't get to the top, but they got pretty high, 7,200 and something meters. And they cycled uh, down this mountain. 
and I thought, well, you know, with all the mountaineering experience I've got, a fair amount of cycling experience, put the two together, I could have a fair chance of, of um, pushing that record a little bit higher. So I applied to Guinness World Records and they duly uh, sort of registered as an existing record, gave me a few rules. And um, in October, I shall take a small team and we'll go and um, attempt to climb a mountain that's a little bit higher than that record in northern Nepal. And um, coincidentally, I, I sat next to somebody at dinner about a year ago and uh, said I, I was thinking of doing this this mission. He said, well, you need, you're going to need a really lightweight bike, aren't you? And I said, yeah, absolutely. My um, 18 kilogram uh, mountain bike is going to be a bit heavy to carry to the summit and, and ride down. He said, um, come and see me. I, I make lightweight titanium uh, mountain bikes for a living. <laughs> So that was serendipitous. Um, and so I'll be, you know, riding one of these lightweight titanium bikes, carrying it up um, the top of this mountain and then hopefully try not to kill myself cycling down. And um, that if we succeed, it will be a new Guinness World Record. Uh, I've been raising money for that uh, school in Nepal I mentioned earlier where uh, I discovered because I organized for a reconnaissance mission to the mountain to see whether it was rideable. Uh, I didn't do that myself. I got somebody, somebody else to do that from my, one of my Nepalese friends. And um, they discovered whilst en route to the mountain that this school called the Tenzing Norgay School uh, has got no lighting in their classrooms. So 80 kids trying to learn by candlelight. And so um, I've raised uh, 10 grand or so for, um, for, 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 to buy solar panels and we're literally uh, going to trek in with them, install them in the school, and then um, uh, wish them luck. I bought them some laptops as well for, for, for good measure. Uh, well done. Fantastic. So that's the next mission. Sounds a good one. Well, we're about to. Uh, we've got about um, a minute to wrap up. Um, any final message? Final message. Mm. Well, first of all, uh, thank you for inviting me back on your show. Um, yeah, this it's been a good chat. I would, uh, I would, if you want a soundbite, I would just say, um, not just to yourself, but to your listeners, um, things that I think are important: be curious, be kind, and be adventurous. Fantastic. We thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.